The sweet smell of decaying flesh mixes with cinnamon. Welcome to Indecorous Podcast. Indecorous means not in good taste. 9-11 was a gender reveal. <laughs> Indecent. Bunch of lunatics with morbid senses of humor. Immoral. You don't have the money to bulldoze this building? Just draw Muhammad all over the place. <laughs> Somebody will blow that shit up. Shameless. I let my bush grow because it's kind of one of those lots for love type of situations. Impolite. People always fingering, but I'm like, you know what? My fingers always hard. I don't get whiskey fingers. And beyond the pale. What you wearing down on your toes? Welcome to episode 97 of Indecorous Comedy. This is episode 47 <laughs> of season 2. It's the sexiest episode yet. <laughs> oh yes. Indecorous Comedy is a reprehensively distinguished educational comedy show. Either the smartest lowbrow or dirtiest highbrow podcast on the internet. It's making the back of my neck tingle. I'm your host, <laughs> Carlos Valencia. East of me is Robert D. Yo. All right. And west of all of us is our guest host, Jonathan Dunn. <sighs> oh, yeah. In a few minutes, our guest, Matt Davis, will be joining us and will be answering listener questions, discussing indecorous news. We'll be talking about weird deaths from the early 2000s. And we'll close it all out with indecorous Wyoming state laws. How you guys doing? <laughs> Everything good? John, you were at the fertility clinic? Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, they counted my sperm by hand. They counted your sperm by hand. Yeah, just with some tweezers and an abacus. <laughs> How many did you have? Uh, four. Four? Just four. Not just four. I had four, but they were huge. Really? Like massive, <laughs> massive. It just The reason it took that long is just because they were so big. It, they had to like weigh them. They shit. had to wrestle them down. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> had to like hook these motherfuckers. Yeah. You had to pin them before you could weigh them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good Lord, man. Well, that sounds like, I mean, how does that make you feel, John? You know, only four, but mass, a, a massive quality over quantity type. Yeah, that's, that's what I say. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many you have as long as they're terrifying. <laughs> as long as they can kill a small child. Yeah. As long as they can overpower a midget. Yeah, not only are they too large to create one, I'm taking some out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it needs to look like a monster from a John Carpenter movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they look like, a, yeah, as long as they look like that Giger guy from the Alien movies designed them, that's what you want. Yeah. Is fucking, they, those motherfuckers are going to, like, there's a sperm inside the sperm that just pokes its head out <laughs> when the bigger sperm opens its mouth. <laughs> <That's supposed> to... <laughs> 
it's like the tail end. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Bobby? How's your sperm looking these days? Uh, Still none? Still nothing? Not not as... Uh, I mean, there's not anything impressive I'm going to be able to say at this point. Can't talk about the size of yeah, them Yeah, that's right. You know? So why bring them up? You can talk about know? the smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're just getting flushed. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about Donald Rumsfeld uh, passed away? The world feels like a lighter place, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One less war criminal in it. That seems good. <laughs> and also this week, I mean, again, we record these in advance. We've said this several times, listeners, so this is not going to be a surprise, even though you're going to hear this in a couple of weeks. But uh, our man Bill Cosby just got released from jail. I guess it was yesterday. It's like you lose some, you win some. Donald Rumsfeld died. Bill Cosby gets out of jail. Also, uh, Biz Markey, <laughs> I think, passed away yesterday. It, did he? Because I saw that, and then I saw other reports saying that he had not yet passed away. Oh. <laughs> so I don't well, know. that's embarrassing. It's, it's like DMX all over again. Well, this podcast hasn't come out yet, so <laughs> maybe by the time it has, he is. It's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, the delay between we recording this and it being released might save your ass, John. <laughs> Yeah, there were, dude, when DMX was in the hospital, there were, like, all these reports saying he died, and then yeah. then he wasn't dead, then somebody was playing dominoes with him or something. And, then he was... <laughs> and that's what killed him, was the dominoes. <laughs> yeah. He would have survived if it wasn't for the dominoes. But yeah, that's usually, yeah. that. that is, I, I think, I mean, I can't think of other examples, but I don't think it's uncommon where people are like, Oh, this person died, and then it comes out it's like, no, 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 they're, they're just they're just in a coma, yeah. and then they just die two days later. Like it's just like, yeah. oh, they're not dead right now. But if you're in a dead pool, yeah, then go ahead and put him on your fucking list because it's not going to be long. Well, so here's what it is, man: is like you plant the seed, right, and then you get out <laughs> there, you print those t-shirts, right? You tell people that they died, you make your t-shirts, you start selling them. And then, oh, they didn't die. People are still buying the shirts. And then yeah. uh, you got to keep it moving is what I'm and saying. And then when they when they finally do die, you've already cornered the market. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. doesn't matter that you're the best. It matters that you're first. But with Bismarck Key, though, in particular, though, that, you know, that's going to be one of those Tupac situations, man, where people are like, nah, he's not really dead, man. He just mm. wanted to get away from the spotlight. You know what I'm saying? Eventually, he's going to come <laughs> back as Machiavelli or whatever the fuck. He's going to come back and make an awful movie is anybody <laughs> is anybody in the fat boy still alive i don't know no the cardiovascular disease man well that's why i'm asking i mean even if they're all still alive they don't all have their feet i would think at this point right <laughs> i mean they literally their whole brand was obesity I, i'll be honest man i didn't really <laughs> start getting into hip-hop until uh until white people started doing it <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You've always said you're a big Eminem fan, so that makes sense. I I am, but I did I, I did used to listen to hip hop well before that, thank you. Yeah, vanilla ice, but then you stopped and then it wasn't until Eminem. <laughs> All right guys, it is now time to welcome our guest, Mr. Matt Davis, everybody. Matt, how you doing, sir? Is this, is this one of the questions that I have to answer? Yeah. No, well, actually, you can plead the fifth if you don't want to talk about how you're doing. I understand. Well, yeah, it's probably the perfect time in the world to plead the fifth on how you're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah no shit, man. <laughs> you, how are you? Oh, you know, eh, I'm, 
I'm all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I make a living traveling the world. You know how 2020 was. Perfect. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> why are we yeah, why are we even talking about it? It's like me and airline pilots. They're having the same year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. For our uh, listeners that might not know, Matt, basically, you were all over the fucking world. We talked a few weeks ago. I hadn't actually talked to you in a long time. And, but the last time before that, you were telling me that you're going to be like the first American to do Mongolia or some shit like that. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did that. And when the all the COVID fun started, I was in Southeast Asia and then Australia. I was in Australia when everything really started hitting in like Europe and all that. Yeah. And I was losing tour dates in Asia and then I was moving Europe dates up to try to fill that gap. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, you know, I mean, COVID didn't stop. So all those went too, right? But I think when I looked back on it, it was like 60 or 70 cities that I moved around. Wow, Holy dude. Shit. And it was just a complete, you know, by the end of it, like no one was even replying. It was just kind of like understood. Like we don't need to message about this anymore. Yeah. We know it's not happening. It's crazy. Yeah. Everybody that we've had on the podcast, we basically asked, how did it go through COVID? Because, you know, every, everything shut down here in the States. But man, fucking... This is just like dates in fucking Milwaukee or whatever the fuck, let alone trying to travel from Southeast Asia to Europe and all that shit. Yeah, what you got into, that mean, I mean, the main difference in the U.S., of course, is a lot of stuff didn't officially stop. I mean, it did in certain places and it right. didn't in other places, right? Yeah, But right. travel, like state to state travel wasn't really affected. You know, even though maybe there were less flights and then, you know, whatever, I mean, you could still always get from Chicago to, yeah. you know, Miami or whatever. But that's the wall I was hitting when I was trying to figure about like leaving Australia is like where I could go one two, where I could go and not hit a visa wall and not hit a, what do you call it? Like a 14 day quarantine, uh, quarantine wall. Yeah. Which is like the way it is now. Right. Mm -hmm. Like at one point I was going to go to China. I was like, I mean, oh, Jesus. well, they're the epicenter. They're the start of it. They're the ones that were cracking down the hardest. And I was like, fuck it. Maybe I go to Shanghai and get a place there for a few months because my visa which is null and void now i'm sure but my visa with china is like 60 days or something mm -hmm. oh, um i can just land and be there but my buddies there were like yeah it's like a two-week government quarantine but just a heads up that might be more like a month or two we don't really know what they're doing they're saying one thing and doing whatever yeah and i debated it and in the end i was just like nah so did you get to do much comedy in China? I heard it's, they've actually have a pretty cool scene. Yeah. So buddies of mine, Andy Curtin and Turner Sparks are like the two integral people in starting like the Chinese scene. Oh, nice. Um, Andy being originally from Australia, Turner's originally from uh, the U.S. They kind of independently started doing stuff there several years ago. And then they started working together. And then I think with Andy maybe spurred more of the Chinese language, like the Mandarin stuff. Okay. And then that kind of broke off and became its own thing in its own world. But like the main godfather or whatever of Mandarin local Chinese stand-up was his partner in those Mandarin shows. Oh, cool. And so like a lot of those guys are now gigantic theater acts and all that stuff in China. Oh, wow. But the English scene or any non-native local language scene or show kind of does this weird blending of expat and local yeah. where like andy and those guys they had kung fu comedy was their club oh, yeah. you had more of a mix like in shanghai where you would get audiences that were you had a lot of chinese people that just spoke english you know yeah mm -hmm. that would come to those shows and then other stuff the audience would be 95 percent 
foreigners to the country or whatever. Okay. They may not be from all English speaking countries, but they were they were not from China. And you'd have people with them that spoke English at those shows. But the more interesting ones were obviously the ones that are more local Chinese people that spoke English at the shows. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. yeah I bet, dude. I would love to hear that. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's I mean, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I, I was going to say I'm sure they're opening back up, but I really don't know anything about that sort of scene. They're, they are not. So they're not opening. Okay. See, that's the thing about China is if you want to go to China right now and I forgive me because like the last I talked to anybody about this was maybe a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to get a direct flight if you're coming from the U.S. And you'd have to quarantine on the other side. There's only a handful of direct flights. If you did a layover, so like say you went to Seoul, South Korea, and then we're going to fly from there mm-hmm. uh, to mainland China, you would have to actually quarantine in Seoul on your layover oh. and then take your flight to China and quarantine again. Again? Oh, oh fuck wow. that, man. Jesus so it may Christ. take you a month and a half to get there, right? Jesus. And as yeah. far as shows are concerned, I don't know because you have more of a political push that was kind of cracking down on stuff. So I don't know who's doing what uh, in mainland China right now. I'm pretty sure my buddies in Wuhan aren't doing anything. Yet. I mean, that's um, that sounds like, yeah, it wouldn't be one of the top priorities of the party to open up stand-up comedy shows in China. At they, I mean, they weren't a big fan before. Right, you know, exactly. You had to keep that in mind. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I got shut down the very first time I ever went there. We had shows were shut down by the CCP. Because, and this is a great, this is a great just like aligning of things. Vladimir Putin was in town to celebrate the founding of the Chinese Communist Party. And they were going to go to the historic founding place in Shanghai of the Chinese Communist Party. And there's a parade and all this kind of shit was scheduled. And my shows were like two blocks away from, from oh, it. Wow. Damn. <laughs> And so the CCP came in, they just shut down every business on that thing that had foreigners getting together and doing things, right? Yeah. And so we were in a different city doing shows when, like, I'm at a dinner with Andy and Turner, and I'm not even sure who else was there, and the comics, like, local to the city we were in. And we had, like, just ordered food at some, like, hibachi-type place or whatever. And then everybody started taking phone calls. And I didn't know what was going on. Next thing I know, like the entire table I'm with is just outside on the street on the phone. And then like nine people's worth of food shows up at the table. And I'm just sitting there by myself. <laughs> like a king. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It looked great. I mean, I looked, these 60 year old businessmen are in there doing their eating and drinking, staring at me like this guy doesn't fuck around. Yeah, I don't like this yeah. guy. You demand a chalice. <laughs> yeah, look at this guy. I closed several deals, you know, while we were there. I have manufacturing rights for several things now. Um, now the uh, so they they're getting the phone call and, and no one's really clear on what's happening, right? They don't know if like if the shows were shut down or the bar is shut down, the venue shut down, or if it's specifically them or if it's just a general like no, there's a parade route and everything's shut down, right? They they don't know that yet. So they're moving. We moved the shows to somewhere like a little further away. And when I got to that venue, let's say it was a Friday night, I get met outside by Andy. And keep in mind, like, I know Andy really well now. And this is like my first time really meeting the guy. Right. Yeah. He's like, here's the deal, man. Um, we we've got clarity on what's going on. Um, they know it's uh, a comedy show. And they knew they that's what they were shutting down. They know that you are the comedian for the show, right? 
Because which means very important, you know, key thing that they know that you lied getting your visa. So like <laughs> these are all known things. Oh. And because uh, there's no visa to get, right? Uh, so these are all known things. Now they're gonna let us go forward with the show. They shut it down because they're just not gonna let an American stand on a stage two blocks away from this <laughs> and address a crowd. Like they're just not gonna let the optics of that take place, right? Just on the off chance, just not fucking happening, buddy. All right? So they're gonna, that we've moved the show. They're gonna let's go forward with the show, and they go, but tell your comedian. You know, tell him, don't make any jokes about the Communist Party. Don't make any jokes about China. Don't make any jokes about uh, Russia or Vladimir Putin or Xi Jinping or, you know, and this is the, the list. It's just, you yeah. know, forever long. Right. And uh, he goes, because we're going to send monitors to your show. Jesus. Right. And you tell him that. Yeah. And so my first thing is, well, how realistic is that? And he goes, man, it's China. They have the people to send. Like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're not short on fucking people. They're not short on manpower. Like, yeah, they can do that. Right, right. Dude, how hard was it to fight the urge to joke about all of those things? Well, so that, that's, I mean, that's one of the interesting things is where you have that, right? In the back of your head, it's like, man, fuck these motherfuckers. Right? I'm going to go up here and I'm going to say, <laughs> right. I'm just going to do a, a run down a list of all these things. Yeah. But the reality is it's not about me, right? So like, yeah. people have that I'm going to be a, a Lenny Bruce concept, but the reality is, in that moment, if I were to have done that, I probably would have walked away from it, right? Worst case scenario, I get, you know, deported out of the country early, right? Yeah. But my friends that live there and the people that own the venue and the people that yeah. run that stuff, like yeah. you're bringing a world of, a, you're bringing a fucking nightmare upon yeah. them, right? Yeah. So it's not really, I talk to a lot of people or when that happened and that was like their reaction. It's like, man, I'd have gone up there and done that. And you, and you have to explain. It's like, well, you're, that's your first reaction. The reality is the repercussions aren't even yours. You're not, yeah. you're not, it's not, it's one yeah. thing if it all came on me. Right. Right. I don't yeah. like where Madonna's bad about that. And that's a weird jump, but like, <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to sneak in Madonna at some point. Right? Always with the Madonna comparison. <laughs> it's, uh, well, it's, it, it's similar because she does this shit, man. And I was unaware of this. And somebody had to point it out to me because she's done it in more than one place where, you know, she did it in in Russia um, and like a lot of crackdown, like Madonna basically ended foreign artists performing in Russia, like oh, bands. And shit. Oh, really? Because she went up and yeah, she went up and, and I'm trying to remember what the context was. It may have been something about gay rights or something like that. And it's and it's like a good thing that she's doing. Right. Yeah. But she's not. But then she fucks off. Right. Yeah. And you just leave repercussions for people. So they removed the cultural visa or whatever. Like they changed that category um, and it just made it more difficult. And then she did the same thing in Taiwan. She went up on stage at a show and at the end of her show, she came back out and wrapped herself in the Taiwanese flag. Right. Oh. Which is a gigantic fuck you. Right. To yeah. the Chinese government. And then, of course, she gets on a plane and fucking leaves and everyone's like, oh, she's so great. She supports her <laughs> whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, you guys can't have concerts now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they yeah. executed the venue owner. <laughs> right, yeah, like he's dead. He's dead, but Madonna yeah. got a Madonna got a great fucking you know byline right. in a fucking Forbes article or some shit. And she's the yeah. hero. Uh, yeah, 
All right. Well, okay, man. Now it's time for the hard-hitting questions, dude. So I forgot. What, what were we talking about? Well, yeah. I feel like I was, <laughs> was that my answer to how are you doing? Christ. Yeah, I need yeah, to... yeah. I knew eventually it was going to be Madonna. As soon as we got to Madonna, I knew it's time to move on. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> well, we like to open the show with questions sent from our millions of listeners around the world. We accept all questions, but we rarely have an answer for any of them. Question one is always, where do I send questions? That's indecorouscomedy at gmail.com. Or hit us up on social media, Facebook, Instagram, at Indecorous Comedy, Twitter, at Indecorous Pod, Patreon, at themshits.com. And uh, how do you spell Indecorous, Bobby? It's I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. I-N-D-E-C-O-R-O-U-S. There you go. That's it. Matt, did you know this word, Indecorous? Indecorous? Yeah. Had you heard it before? No. No, I actually Googled it. And I'm a word person. That's why I was asking, because I know you're a cultured man, but nobody knows this word. And I had no idea it was so rare. And I've been thinking about it. And I think it's because in Spanish, the word indecoroso is not that uncommon. So I think I just, in my head, I thought like, well, no, yeah, that's a common word. And fucking nobody knows. But anyway. So you got a language interference issue. Yeah, yeah. I just love how, like, I know you're very intelligent, Matt, but I'm a word person is, is like, the dumbest way to say that. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a word. I like him. I like him. You, you can call me a bit of a wordy. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah I'm a, I don't want to say wordist. I'm not going to say wordist. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, here is their first question. This comes from Lisa. And then Lisa's asking, assuming cremation is out of the question, if an adult dies in a freak accident and half their body is just gone, can they go the cheaper route and just buy a baby kid-sized coffin? Now, first of all, is that really cheaper? I would imagine it is because it's less material, but I'm not really sure. I don't know if it's cheaper. I mean, it's less material, but I also, the funeral business, I mean, why would they make it cheaper? Yeah. yeah. I can see the episode happening there. Secondly, you say half of them is gone. Yes. Right? So even if you say top half, right, top <laughs> half is gone and you've only got legs, yeah. you're still folding to get those to fit. If the bottom half is gone and you've only got torso, you're still having to cut that to make it fit. If the left or right side is gone, you're still having to fold that to make it fit. So no, it's like, it's just basic geometry. You're trying to frame this like this is some moral dilemma question. This is a geometry question. I say it's like an amusement park. You know what I mean? Like adults are paying the same price for a fucking ticket whether those coasters are pushing 400 pounds or 150 yeah so you're saying it's basically the opposite of what southwest tried to do at one point wait a second what was southwest trying to southwest southwest tried to charge larger people oh yes right more per ticket they try to charge them for two seats everybody got mad i thought that everybody still does that is that not a thing I, I don't know well i mean i don't think it's that out of the question if the size of your body takes up two seats then you should have to buy two seats i don't see why it, i absolutely agree and it's also the thing like when it comes to aerodynamics and stuff it's my or i don't know if it's that specifically but the weight has to be evenly distributed on the plane so they can't they physically can't sit somebody next to you you know oh. otherwise well gonna... uh, well 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 like the the weight has to be evenly distributed if you're on a cessna if you're on a 757 the mass of the plane is oh, so much okay. that yeah, yeah. that an extra 400 yeah. pounds left or right is not going to affect it but, oh, yeah okay. bobby i don't i think you're just trying to fat shame now dude yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what that felt like and that's why i cut it off yeah, i wasn't yeah. <laughs> that's right matt was not accepting any of that shit i felt like i started it and i was like shit let me reverse this i think you brought a little bit of that china home with you man <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, welcome to it. Welcome to it, motherfucker. Put the armband on. What? On the, on the other side of that, though, if you're really super fucking skinny, though, maybe you can get half price for the ticket. You could get half price, but you'd have to have another really skinny person with you <laughs> yeah, in the same seat. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's true. But I mean, if, if you could do it, I think they should allow it. Yeah. U.S. airlines are trash. That's the real problem. Is that right? I mean, you would, yeah, you would know. I, I've only really flown U.S. airlines, to be honest with you. The last U.S. flight, domestic flight I remember taking, I get on this Delta flight. I'm not a tall person, right? Like I'm five foot eight on a good day. And I sit down and my knees are touching the seat in front of me. Oh, geez. And it's insanity. Wow. It's absolutely insanity. Yeah. They just don't give a fuck. They're trying to cram extra rows in. Yeah. And you could almost understand it if it wasn't for the fact that every few years the U.S. government bails out the airlines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It's like you guys already get money to operate and make money and then everything's still shit. And it's like, man, no, yeah. fuck you. And anytime they, they try to pass some sort of law where like, okay, the the minimum requirement for seats has to be a certain amount or whatever. They always f like lobby like a motherfucker to not let any of those laws pass. They just want to fucking get it as tiny as as cramped as they possibly can with no fucking regulations. Except for, yeah, like you said, Matt, except when they need a bailout, then they're all about the government getting involved. Yeah, the biggest advice I give people, they'll ask me about, you know, where they want to go on vacation or say Europe or Asia or whatever. And I'll say, man, just figure out however you need to do it, but don't fly a U.S. airline. Yeah. When you go. Fly Emirates. I mean, even Air France is, is a little bit better. Luthans is a little bit better. Emirates is the best. I mean, Air, Emirates is ridiculous. Just like a coach seat. You're fine, man. Like, I'm fine. I have flown Emirates from like JFK to Perth, Australia. Wow. Like coach and fine. I've also flown business from Dubai to JFK. And that was, I could have literally moved in. <laughs> like, we could have just kept circling the globe and I could have worked out of there. I've fine. never flown any of those airlines, but I've seen pictures of some, what, like some of these planes like Emirates or Qatar Airlines look at from the inside. I'm like, holy shit, it's like a fucking a palace in here. I mean, like the first class shit on Emirates is insanity. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, it's ridiculous. But I think the only people who are flying that are basically like, well, my private jet's in the shop. And I need to go <laughs> right. So I'll do this. Yeah. Um, even flying business on Emirates was like, I could do that forever. Uh, but Singapore Airlines is great as well. That's another one. And it's just, it's really kind of sad because it's just that the seats aren't as slammed in. Mm -hmm. Right? And, you know, you have actual meal service. Yeah. And, you know, people aren't dicks to you. Yeah. Now, yeah. conversely, I've also flown things worse than U.S. airlines. Like I've flown Aerofloat, like the Russian airline. Oh, wow. And that might be the shittiest I've ever been treated as a human being. Like, <laughs> really? Man, I'm, a, I'm in the window seat and they're coming down the aisle and they're giving out, they're doing drink service, right? Which was just like a, you know, a can of Coke or whatever. Like that was the only option. They just let everybody take a sip. Yeah, it's just one. They're just pouring it on people, like not even in your mouth, just like in your eye. Now it hurts. They don't care. Uh, no, they're walking through and they're just like doing it to the people that have aisle seats. Like they're skipping everyone else. Oh, so, oh wow! And they skipped me. I said, "Excuse me," and she went, "No," and then kept going. Wow! Holy shit! Not dude. even yet. Like she said it in English to let me know that she knew the word for no. And kept going. That's funny. That sounds, it's like the gulag of the skies. Oh man, Aeroflot's terrible. <laughs> it's unbelievable. So there's your answer, Lisa. What were we talking about? Asking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> this is 
is what happens. I haven't like toured in a year and I'm used to like every night having 90 minutes to work out my thoughts. So they're all just coming at once. I think it's a fair connection. Russian airlines and kid sized coffins. <laughs> <laughs> I see it. <laughs> this is our uh, second question now. It's coming from Stephen. Stephen asks Did Lee Harvey Oswald do the right thing? Now, I'm assuming he's talking about shooting JFK. I mean, I'm sure Lee Harvey Oswald did other things as well. Yeah, that's like a, I mean, that's a, that's a very, that's an intentionally open-ended question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? yeah. Like, it's I like, don't know, what was the movie he was watching again? Like, exactly. Like, they, they, he picked the right movie for after you assassinate a president. Which, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a tough call back then, right? Because whatever you go to see is going to have, like, Looney Tunes up front, right? <laughs> right, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, again, assuming that he's talking about assassinating JFK, I would say, no, probably you shouldn't be uh, murdering people like that. I don't. I do think, though, that what he did achieve was turning Kennedy into a far greater mythical figure than he would have been if he would have just served his term. Well, you can't embarrass the mob. Oh, you're talking about the mob killed JFK? I mean, that seems to be the running front runner of conspiracy theories. Is that above the CIA killed JFK? No, I don't know. I haven't followed it. There's so many new conspiracy theories that fucking JFK conspiracy theories seem quaint now after QAnon. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> like no one ate a baby or anything during it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, like let's, we should revisit that. We should, you should revisit that. And then maybe you rework the JFK conspiracies around it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Jack Ruby. Jack Ruby wasn't even Jack Ruby. Right. That was actually Lee Harvey Oswald <laughs> from a different timeline where he didn't die in a Jack Ruby suit that wow. came back to shoot himself. <laughs> nice. I like that whole thing. Yeah, I love that whole Basically, theory. Every QAnon theory is like a poorly written Doctor Who plot line. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. just like someone spitballing fanfic on Doctor Who. I like it. Or uh, how about Jackie Kennedy hired Lee Harvey Oswald to shoot? Kennedy because she needed to feed on brains and that okay. was the easiest way to get to the president's brains is by shooting him in the head. You just don't see that in the Zapruder film, but she's actually munching on brains when she's leaning over. Jesus. Well, it, it had to feed a child Nancy Pelosi. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Somehow Nancy Pelosi had to be involved, of yeah. course. Yeah. So uh, what do we say here? The right thing or wrong? I don't think I don't think it was fair of Lee Harvey Oswald to make Jack Ruby into a murderer. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Uh, such an upstanding citizen. <laughs> All right, and this is our last question. Brian asks, are you a god? So I guess I got to ask this individually. Um, Matt, are you a god is what Brian is asking. Are you saying guy or are you saying god? Oh, god, G-O-D, god. Oh. Yeah, one of those is a loaded question. Are you a god? Who's he, who's he asking this to? To anybody, anybody that's willing to answer, are you a god? I feel like anybody that is ever sincerely asking me that, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if I can convince them of that just with an answer, then sure. I've never had that kind of power and I don't deserve it. <laughs> yeah. That's the fact you're even contemplating this to be possibly true. I'm just going to take full advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, make them get me a drink. Like, I think I think the appropriate answer is as much one as any other is. Oh, that's good. That's good, Matt. Yes, I I, I think that's perfect. That's a that's a perfect answer. I do wonder, though, about these just in general people that think they're the Messiah 
and they'll 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 make predict like I saw this just today I think when I was looking up something some guy predicted like in uh, in October of 2021 we're gonna find mirror planets to the Earth, and I'm like how the fuck so you must really really believe in your delusions because you're putting yourself out there that like that's a solid like hey it's gonna be October eventually and you're gonna be proven wrong. So why would you even, there is no reasonable or logical reason to do any kind of prediction that's that close. So you have to be insane, right? I mean, it's just long shot gambling, right? But I mean, but yeah, but it's it's such. Fuck, if you're right. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that's true. It's like, I'm not going to bet that the next roll is going to be a a hard eight. I'm going to bet that the 127 rolls from right now on the craps table is going to be a hard eight, right? Insane (laughs) odds. But like, fuck if you're right. That's great. Yeah, right. You're absolutely right. When you put it in that perspective, it does make sense then. Because okay, so what's the worst that happens? It doesn't happen, and then you're still just the loser that you were before. But if you fucking hit it, then oh my god, huge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have no loss, right? Exactly. So like basic game theory, you make a decision, and you can either win here by being right massive long shot but you win big mm-hmm. but you have no loss there's no loss if you're wrong you're just a lunatic well you were a lunatic before so you might as well be making wild predictions at all times yep that's where the real charisma i feel like comes out on these cult leaders too is the backpedaling you know <laughs> oh yeah how they cover for, for yeah. the- <laughs> you see what you guys fucked this all up you know we had it in motion things were moving yeah I lo- <laughs> it's like the well we didn't think about leap years we didn't think about leap years <laughs> That's right. yeah yeah so i'm gonna say the answer is we are all gods and you are too and you are too. You're, enough of your wives didn't fuck me. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it that's just right. Didn't work, you know. I tried to tell you guys. You just didn't fuck me hard enough. That's why the prophecy didn't come true. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I, someone tries to say that they're like the second coming or whatever, we should really go Greek mythological with it and have them fuck a goose and see if it gives birth to <laughs> the most beautiful woman ever. That should be that should be the test. Right? Like, get up here. Fuck this goose. Let's see what happens. Right? If a lady (laughs) comes out in a few years and it causes a world war, well, then there you go. All right, guys. It's time for our second segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous News. This is the segment where we highlight the most important news happening across the United States and all over the world. After you listen to the segment, you will never have to listen to another newscast ever again in your entire life. This first story, the headline goes, Satanists go to court seeking right to pray at city meetings. And the source is Bloomberg Law. And Bobby, I'll let you start us off here. If thousands of Satanists have their way, the Arkansas State Capitol will soon host a mystical winged goat idol, not far from an existing three-ton monument to the Ten Commandments. In Minnesota, they've sued to erect a statue they call Overtly Satanic, but tastefully so. In Arizona, they want to bless a city council meeting, as they say theists have done for years. Yeah, we kind of touched on this subject on the podcast before, because when we talked about weird religion stuff, because there's that movie. Matt, have you seen that movie, Hell Satan? I don't think so. It's pretty good. It's like, I don't know if it's on Hulu or Netflix, but it's the new Satanists. And basically what they're trying to do, I mean, we'll have more stuff here, but basically what they're trying to do is just kind of go tit for tat with all these religious right organizations that are trying to put up religious monuments all over the place. And they're like, well, fuck it, we're a religion too, so you got to do our shit. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. This, I mean, this is like an argument from 20 years ago that's like re-emerging, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Uh-huh. They had like a tit-for-tat thing years ago, I remember, where like Satanists won, you know, recognition and they got to put up like a statue or something. Yeah. Um, it's very flying spaghetti monster, which was funnier. Exactly, but... yeah. But I mean, that judge covered up those titties on the statue and I feel like they won that day. Oh, no, that was, that was what's his name? That was, that was uh, Ashcroft. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was. Yeah, it was Ashcroft. Ashcroft. Yeah. yeah. On Lady Justice. Yeah. yeah. He put a brassiere on Lady Justice. <laughs> yeah. Fucking moron. Yeah. And America's been great ever since. Yeah. If you're going to put a demarcation on it, right? Yeah, that's that was the turning point, right? You're going to put a pin on the timeline. This is really where it all started to get great. Right around here. If I'm not wrong, George W. Bush appointed him attorney general. So that was the beginning of 2001. So he probably did that early 2001. And then later in 2001, we had 9-11. So I don't know. Maybe it didn't work out after all. I don't yeah. know. Well, I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it. Well, there were no titties on that plane. So. Yeah, that's true. Which is really, which is really strange because like, if anybody would have appreciated the covering of a female figure. You know exactly. I mean? <laughs> it would have been Mohammed Atta. You would think that those guys would have been like, you know what? Maybe they turned a new leaf. Maybe we shouldn't whip these planes in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 9-11 could have been so much worse if it wasn't because Ashcroft pandered to the religious conservatives. <laughs> All right. Well, across the country, the Satanic Temple and an IRS recognized atheist church. Wow. Okay. Atheist church. I never heard that before. So, yeah, that's what it says. An IRS recognized atheist church with some 300,000 devotees is waging a legal battle. It says is for religious liberty using tactics that have been proven effective for Christian groups. The church, which preaches both empathy and, quote, the freedom to offend, has filed at least seven lawsuits in as many states challenging the limits of what qualifies as religious expression. It says it's looking for equal treatment in the public square. Its opponents say it's just trolling Christianity and calling it a high-minded struggle for justice. Which I don't know, that doesn't sound like much of an insult. A high-minded struggle for justice? That sounds pretty valiant to me. I, I wonder what it. they meant when they said high-minded. I, I know. Feel like that, I feel like they're using the wrong word for something else that they mean. It's probably, yeah, you're probably right. It's one of these things where, because uh, the way they're setting it uh, is, well, which, which is not uncommon either. It's just like, ah, they use fucking smart people trying to be smart. Well, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> it's one of these word persons trying to be trickery. <laughs> <laughs> trying to use their trickery. That's right. Uh, Matt, you can do this next paragraph there. Lucian Greaves, who co-founded the church in 2013, says he hopes the lawsuits will expand religious equality and free speech in a way that benefits all Americans, whether they approve of his faith or not. Quote, People get a laugh when they see us fighting to put a satanic monument on the same grounds as the Ten Commandments, but whether we succeed or fail is not of minor importance, said Greaves. When Christians seek to put up monuments in public spaces, quote, that's not all they're asking for, he said, quote, that's just a first step. I can see that logic, too. I mean, if you're you're yeah. putting up one thing and then the next time you're trying to change the law, I mean, they're... I don't think it's a it's a first step in the sense that like oh there you know if we can get away with this let's try to get away with more because it seems like they're trying to get away with everything really I mean even before yeah. the statues they're still trying to pass abortion laws and shit it's like you got to do something so ridiculous that you hope that just some legislator steps in and is like all right no more of any of this shit yeah basically yeah what I find interesting though with like any of the theocracy stuff and I don't care if it's people being lunatics and screaming that so and so is gonna enact Sharia right mm -hmm. oh they say Sharia law like like a fucking ATM machine oh like, yeah right but 
they freak out over that. And at the same time, they want to create a turn America into a theocracy or to say historically, it's always been a theocracy or whatever. But the interesting thing about theocracies and democracies is that if you have a theocracy that is simultaneously a democracy, all you're doing is setting up for in the future for it to still be a theocracy, but change the religion. Yeah, yeah. Because it would be the majority yeah. as a democracy, it would be the majority would dictate what the religion is. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that's a different faction of Christianity, right? Or if that's a completely different religion yeah, is irrelevant. It's, but that's what you're setting up. And the easiest way yeah. to quote unquote, protect your faith would be for it to exist in a secular society, not be tied to government and laws right. yeah. so that it's not easily pushed out of it. But they're basically setting up their own end, which I think is fascinating. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, the problem is a lot of these people aren't thinking in the long term. They're just thinking of the now. They're not the kind of people that are like looking into the future. What like what is the bigger benefit in the future? They're like, no, this is what it is right now. But it is true that shit changes, man. Like I was just thinking about this the other day in Colombia right now. It's a big problem with Venezuelans are all over Colombia now because Venezuela is such a shithole now. Sure. But I remember when I lived in Colombia 20, 25 years ago, it was the other way around. It was people from Colombia trying to sneak into Venezuela because Venezuela had a lot of uh, oil revenue and that's where all the money was and the jobs were. I have buddies that helped get their family out of uh, Venezuela into Colombia and Chile because of, I mean, Venezuela was so upside down at one point, man. Like, I don't know how it is right now, but like, fuck I, me, man. I, I think it's still pretty fun. I haven't been to Colombia in like 15 years now, but... Apparently now, everywhere you go, there's Venezuelans all over the place. Where I've never, when I lived there, I never saw a Venezuelan ever. But now that's the thing. And yes, yeah, shit changes, man. But of course, you know, most of these people are not smart enough to fucking look at the long-term consequences of what they're trying to do with these laws. I mean, it, it's with Christianity, especially with American Christianity, which is really important to like put that qualifier on it, right? Yeah. You have just within that, just within the last 300 years of Christianity being on this continent, you have so many versions have come out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, the split of the Baptist church along segregationist lines, but you have even before the, the Baptist church split, you just have all of these Protestant churches mm -hmm. in different denominations. And then you had denominations that evolved out of that. Like this just within this time frame, which is nothing in compared to the longer run going back to Martin Luther with Protestantism, which yeah. is also nothing in terms of the longer run of the Catholic Church, which has been, you know, there were periods where there were two popes at one time, right? Yeah, Arguing yeah. over who was right. the pope and, mm -hmm. and oh, the, wow. you know, the fall of Rome and like the popes trying to claim that they're the real Rome, right? That the yeah. real seat of the Roman Empire, like all this bullshit going on. Yeah. And we act like it's concrete. Right. You act like the version of the religion that you're talking about is somehow concrete when it's beyond evolving constantly like everything else is. Yeah. And the idea that you would want to put your version in power of government is ridiculous to me. Oh, yeah. No, it is. It's absolutely it's short sighted. But I mean, it is also what I would expect of people that would have this kind of mentality to begin with. Here's my favorite of all these things. I feel like I'm sorry I'm, we're getting off topic, but no, yeah, I'm go for it. But Lucifer, right? The concept mm -hmm. of Lucifer is my favorite. Because the idea of Lucifer as the fallen angel comes from, and I, I'm going to get the period wrong, man. I want to say it's like a Middle Ages, you know, Dark Age Europe or whatever, like literature story, not a religious story. Oh, really? And the literature story is intentionally conflating the word Lucifer, which is, I believe, Latin 
again, I'm probably getting this wrong. It could. I don't think it's Greek. Um, I think it's Mexican. <laughs> Easy. Okay, I'm sorry. I want to say it's Latin is the origin of, the, of that word. Okay. But so coming, you're you're translating Greek to Latin, mm -hmm. and that's the name for Venus in the sky, and the rise and fall right of Venus in the night sky. And it was like there were older stories, older than biblical stories, where they basically anthropomorphize that celestial thing into a, a rise and fall story, right? And oh. then in the Bible, you have a reference to that. You have a reference to one of the kings or whatever, and like he and his family are basically losing their rule forever or something he did. And, you know, they make the comment of Lucifer there, right? And But they're referencing this older story. That's not necessarily in the Bible, but they're right. referencing this story that's that's Venus, right? Yeah. And so then you have some writer in fucking Middle Ages, whenever it was, who just kind of connects all these dots and turns that into, no, Lucifer is an angel that fell from, you know, heaven. Yeah. And he's also Satan and who's also Beelzebub. Yeah. Right. And you just merge them all together. Well, then that becomes, this concept becomes just pop culture knowledge, right? At the time. And then that just continues on. And then now if you go to any megachurch and bring up Lucifer, like the average parishioner there thinks that's Satan and the devil, right? And the Lucifer story is part of the canon. And it's fucking not in there. Yeah, that's I mean, I didn't know that. I didn't know that was the origin story there. But but I have heard of plenty of other things where it's like, yeah, it was the beginning of that, like of whatever, whatever mythical thing or metaphysical thing is like, it didn't start out this way. Some guy just took a bunch of stories, put them together. And then if you just keep telling that story long enough, people will start to believe it. You know, it's like if you tell a lie enough times, people will start to believe it. And if it catches on, then people just eventually know that's that's how it's always been. And if you don't do the research, which most people won't, they're not going to get back down that's to That's hard, Carlos. Yeah, that's... Take a looking everything up, man. Right. That actually, I think they talk about more about what, like, they're going back to this story. They call themselves Satanists, but I don't think they actually believe in the character. But I mean, actually, Bobby, go ahead. I'll let you do this next part. The church's argument in Little Rock, where it intervened in a lawsuit by secularists seeking to remove the Granite Commandments monument, is that it violates the Establishment Clause of the First Amendment by putting a government stamp of approval on one religion over others. Rather than have the commandments taken down, though, the church wants to put up its angel-winged goat, Baphomet, to memorialize people killed in witch hunts. Yeah, and by the way, they mean literal witch hunts, like witches that were killed yeah so it's kind of that's the you know we've said this already a, a few times but it's basically fighting fire with fire i mean i have a question though yeah. if one of your fires is just stupid <laughs> and <laughs> you got stupid fire <laughs> <laughs> and you and you need to fight that with fire like aren't you both just being stupid Yes. Well, I mean, if both fires are stupid, are you really? I don't know, man. It's kind of like those like do two wrongs make a right sort of shits. I, I, sometimes I feel they do. Sometimes I yeah. feel like sometimes you got to fight stupid with stupid, dude. And sometimes I'm trying to put my wrong out there, you know? <laughs> you gotta, you're trying to get your wrong on. Yeah, That's all I've got. <laughs> Let me have it. <laughs> John, you can do this next paragraph there. Arkansas fought to keep the Satanic Temple out of the suit, calling it a notoriously transparent front for trolling. The state filing even quoted the church's arch-rival, the Church of Satan, which has said the Satanic Temple's adherents lack genuine religious beliefs and give Satanism a bad name. Wait, what? The temple offers a kid's quick reference guide to tell the two apart. 
One big difference, it doesn't believe in magic. Some call the church's principles smoke and mirrors and accuse the satanic temple of deploying anti-religious confusion and misdirection to advocate anti-supernatural rationalism that exalts the self. Yes. So there's a beef within Satanism. So, so I mean, is is the now is the Church <laughs> of is the Church of Satan is that Aleister Crowley? I don't know if it is, but I think they follow more of that line of Satanism where they believe like with the actual devil type of thing. Yeah, I mean, Aleister Crowley was fucking out of his head. You know what I mean? Like he was right. trying to walk into his own reflection. He was fucking nuts. <laughs> I I don't know much about him, but was he just fucking? Uh, out of his gourd. Okay. All right. That's that's kind of the impression I got, but I didn't know much about him. Yeah. You, but you know what you won't see from either of these churches is uh, suicide bombings. <laughs> so. uh, yeah. Well, I guess they do have that. They, I think they bring a little too much vanity. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? We, one of the questions that we had before was like, are you a god? I think some of these, that's part of what their theology is, is that everybody is a god upon them. Maybe that's why they don't fucking commit suicide. It's because you're too... Too enlightened of a being to fucking end it. Yeah, yeah, it's a sin. <laughs> well, I don't know if they, I don't know if they put it in those terms, but yeah, you can't kill a god. I guess it'd be theocide if you commit suicide. But I do like, <laughs> I do like the sentence that the Church of Satan thinks that the Satanic Temple is giving Satanism a bad name. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. It's definitely not. It's not the Satan guy. Not the same, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that upstanding gentleman. That's yes, right. <laughs> and then the other part of this is at the very end, people are criticizing the Satanic Temple by saying that they advocate anti-supernatural rationalism. I don't understand. What is anti-supernatural? How does rationalism equate or, or just compute with the supernatural those seem like two opposite things to me wait what give me that sentence again i'm trying to fix a headset give me that sentence again anti he's got like a soldering iron in his hand <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It sparks everywhere <laughs> well this is the I'll, I'll read the last sentence again some call the church's principal smoke and mirrors and accuse the satanic temple of deploying quote anti-religious confusion and misdirection to advocate anti-supernatural rationalism that exalts the self oh okay no i understand it now so the, yeah they're basically complaining that they're using reason to be anti-supernatural okay that makes sense. that sounds right up my alley <laughs> they're basically saying this is a subterfuge right like this whole that's what they're trying yeah there's i think they're saying they don't really believe in satan the right way and that they <laughs> they're too reasonable is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. Well, actually, this is going to go back to what we were talking about earlier, Matt. You can read this next paragraph there. The Satanic Temple has seven tenets, but notably its followers don't worship the biblical adversary of the Christian God. Instead, they praise him as, quote, a Promethean icon against tyranny, according to one of its recent court filings. Greaves points to the Satan described in Paradise Lost and other early works, he says, portray the figure as a revolutionary antihero who, quote, stood up against impossible odds. So I think this kind of goes back to what you were saying earlier, Matt, about how they're not really doesn't seem at least that they they're worshiping the cartoon guy with the horns and the tail. It's more like what that figure is supposed to represent. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, they, they, I mean, they're clearly saying that here, right? You know, the Satan described in Paradise Lost is an example that he points to. 
a revolutionary anti-hero standing up against possible odds, a Promethean icon against tyranny, I think is an interesting statement. I'm trying to understand what Promethean means there. I just think of Prometheus is who gave man fire, right? He stole fire from the gods. Yeah. Isn't that the story? It makes me think of that shitty alien prequel. <laughs> yeah, I think that is what he was referencing was the alien. That may, okay, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. Like, why are we keep doing back? Why are we going backwards? <laughs> well, John, you can do this next one. The litigation has had mixed results. Using a tactic often promoted by the religious right, they tried claiming in Missouri that the Satanic Temple's followers are exempt from abortion regulation as a group protected by the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, but lost their case. In Alaska, on the other hand, a state court judge ruled in favor of the Satanic Temple follower who challenged the prayer policy for Kenai Peninsula Borough Assembly meetings. Borough officials changed the rules and allowed a Satanist prayer, leading to a walkout. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like the fact that they were like, well, we're going to do this. Well, well, then fucking there's no party then. <laughs> we're just calling off the party. I'm taking the ball home. I would just love to be the guy that was totally counting on losing that lawsuit and then had to write that prayer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> but, yeah, put shit together at the last minute. <laughs> so at the end, Greaves ascribed some of his legal setbacks to judges engaging in, quote, mental gymnastics to avoid addressing the strength of the group's religious liberty claims. Quote, they don't want to be caught in a situation where they are ruling in favor of the satanic temple and pissing people off. Which I guess is basically it. On the surface, it seems to me that if you're going to recognize one religion, then you just have to recognize every other stupid shit. The only reason that they would rule against these sort of lawsuits that the satanic temple is trying to put up is because these judges don't want to be seen as the guy that approved Satan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like 100% optics. It, like, it's obviously hypocrisy and then also like it seems like the satanic temple is like that kid that raises his hand too much in class like he's right but people still want to punch him you know <laughs> right like he's right but he's really annoying about it yeah yeah <laughs> well it's i mean and this goes back to the flying spaghetti monster case right right where you're just kind of making that point but I feel you know, the optics of I don't want to be the judge that says yes to this or whatever. But from the satanic temple side, are they doing similarly to what you see from the, from the religious right where they're we know we're going to lose this case, but we're setting up to move this upward in the courts? Do they have that or do they have a completely like local focus goal? No, I think they do have long term goals like that. I mean, there, there was a lot more to this article that I didn't put in the actual script here, but they did have. That Missouri case went all the way up to the Supreme Court, but the, well, the Supreme Court just didn't hear it. They chose not to hear it. But I think that is their goal. They keep bringing that up. And another point that they made in this article, too, was that some of these things that the Satanic Temple is fighting for is shit that if they were to win these cases would actually benefit other minor religions like the Mormons or just other smaller religions that are kind of on the margins, because it would help them. It would set a precedent for them to be able to, at some point, be able to be represented in other things as well. Well, I think it's important to look at the precedent that was set in Ashcroft v. Titty. <laughs> <laughs> you are never going to let go of Ashcroft v. Titty. <laughs> All right, guys, we are going to move on to our main segment of the podcast. It's going to be an indecorous deep dive. We build this show as an educational comedy podcast. We often fall short of the latter, but we always deliver on the former. 
This week's deep dive was written by Bobby, as he has been doing dutifully since uh, Ian abandoned us. Tonight, friends, we've struck content gold in that we'll be talking about strange deaths. Luckily for us, and by that I mean Bobby, there have been so many strange deaths throughout history that Wikipedia has it broken down into sections. There's a fun one, and tonight, for no real reason, we'll be starting with the early 2000s. So, uh, Bobby, you go ahead, man. You can tell us this first one. Uh, Bliss Scott... Seven. Oh, already hilarious. Yeah, Anytime know, that right? a seven-year-old exactly. dies, that's comedy gold. <laughs> but she died after touching an African snail from which she contracted meningitis encephalitis. Oh, yeah, that is hilarious. Dude, any, anytime an animal... <laughs> like kills somebody they just call it african or say it's africanized <laughs> okay i was wondering how the fuck we were gonna spin this into comedy yeah that is true anytime an animal gives you a strange disease we always just blame it on africa yeah pretty much okay john you get this next one hungarian pop singer jimmy zambao died in Budapest after accidentally shooting himself in the head while attempting to demonstrate that his pistol was empty. All right, well, first off, first off, <laughs> his real name is not Jimmy. I don't know, I don't know how, hung, how many Hungarians you know. There's not one of them named fucking Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, what are the odds? The most famous pop singer in Hungary is called Jimmy. Jimmy Zambau, which also... Who is this Argentinian man in Budapest <laughs> that is so famous? <laughs> That's probably what it was. It was somebody fucking loaded that gun just because this guy was culturally appropriating fucking Hungarian <laughs> culture. It's like somebody put a fucking bullet in that pistol. Let's get rid of this motherfucker. Also, a point left out. Like, I don't know how much Hungarian pop music you listen to, but a lot of it is just someone <laughs> shooting themselves in the head. <laughs> that's, that's the crux of most of their yeah. pop music. Lots of bands coming and going. Yeah, a lot of one-hit. A lot of one-hit wonders. <laughs> One-shot wonders. Yeah, no wonder. Actually, there's no wonder to it at all. Everyone knows exactly yeah, why. That's true. Uh, Matt, you can do that next one there. Michael Colombini, six, died during oh. an MRI scan. At, what, I did I read the wrong one? No, 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 that's true. I mean, it's just that fucking apparently Bobby finds it hilarious anytime children die. Can we play yakety sax while we read these? It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Uh, Michael Colombini, six, died during an MRI scan in a New York area hospital after an oxygen tank was magnetically pulled into the machine and fractured his skull. Motherfucker. Oh, my God. Yeah, that shit is just fucking crazy. The MRIs are the ones you got to take off, like, your watches and all that shit. Yeah. it's... Basically, a giant magnet. Was he wearing an oxygen tank and nobody noticed it? Oh like, my! No, God. it was pulled in. It got like sucked in from across the room. Good Jesus. lord! It, it was probably like his grandmother's oxygen tank. So now his fucking grandmother killed him. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a hilarious story. <laughs> Bobby, you can do this next one. Brian Douglas Wells, a pizza delivery man from Erie, Pennsylvania, is killed by an explosive collar around his neck as part of a bank robbery scheme. Was he in on it? Wait, that's old. Yeah. Yeah. That was that. Didn't Netflix did a thing about that? Yeah. Did you guys see that? I mean, movie? that was like a break. I remember that was a breaking news story. That was like early 2000s, maybe mid 2000s. Yeah. yeah. I remember. Did you see the movie, Matt? The movie? No. No. It's good, dude. It's because I remember it, too. I remember when it happened because it was in the news. But the whole story behind the shit is fucking incredible. But apparently the guy that had the bomb strapped to his neck was in on the whole thing from the beginning. But he was like pretending to be a hostage or something? 
I can't remember because it's been a long time since I saw it, but I think they've been planning this for ages and then they put the collar on him, but he thought it was supposed to be like not a real bomb. And then, well, blooper music. His head blew off. <laughs> All right, John, you can do this next one. Hitoshi Nikaido, a doctor in Houston, Texas, was decapitated after his head got trapped in elevator doors at his workplace, his head being removed from his body as the elevator ascended. Fuck me. Dude, imagine you're waiting to get on that elevator. I was imagining there's like three people in the elevator with the head. Uh, like, Yeah, I did. do we know? if? Because like, I was picturing it like he was inside. And then the head fell out the doors. Uh-huh. But yeah, it's a lot funnier if it's like the head just falls inside the elevator. And then now you're... And then for 45 more minutes, people are riding up and down with a head in the elevator. <laughs> yeah, and they're all just like texting, just completely oblivious. <laughs> they're like, I'm sure somebody's already called about this. Yeah. yeah. Like he's trying to run to make the doors, right? And then it closes on his head and fucking rips his head off. And then everybody in there is freaked out. And he just looks up. Just a head. Just a severed head. Right? Just looks up and goes, whoa, that was close. <laughs> I almost didn't get in there. Yeah. Uh, 37th floor, please. <laughs> yeah. You guys mind? You might mind hitting Penthouse yeah. on this thing? Yeah. Is his final thing on this planet? He said something racist. <laughs> oh, Bobby. killed the mood there yep made us all sad <laughs> sorry guys okay i'll do this next one a dutch teen died after attempting to break the running record by jumping out of his car that had been set to cruise control at 20 miles an hour mm. hang on a uh, second how about is no one translated how running records worked into dutch <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> there's not a single running record that starts where like, you're running at 20 miles per hour from the fucking get-go yeah, dude, like even even in professional like 100 meters, if the wind on your back is too strong, they won't count the record. So let alone when you're fucking jumping out of a moving vehicle. <laughs> this guy thought this guy was like, ah, "I fucking found the loophole." <laughs> guy might as well if he was going to go for it, he might as well have just jumped out of a plane and try to land running and just fucking yeah. broke it that way. Uh, Bobby, you can do this next one. John Hutcherson, 21, drove home drunk with his friend Francis Brome, 23, hanging out the passenger window. Hutcherson drove off the road and sideswiped a telephone pole guy wire, decapitating Brome. <laughs> he, he continued the final 12 miles to his Atlanta, Georgia home, parked in the driveway, and went to bed. Oh, a neighbor shit. found Brome's headless body in the truck the next morning. Okay, now th- now this one's epic. Now this one I can re- really get behind. He tried to weekend at Bernie's the headless body. Yeah. <laughs> I just picture him like walking in the door and saying something, you know, like, like a fox and then going to bed. <laughs> well, this, this just takes it to another level, though. Like, it's just like the whole fucking the guy getting decapitated. That's funny enough as it is. But then the guy being like, well, fuck it. I mean... <laughs> It's not like if I stop, his head's going to grow back or whatever. So I'm just going to keep going to the home. I'm pretty sleepy. I'll deal with this in the morning. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, if I stop now, I'm risking a DUI. And the guy's already dead. Yeah, he's not getting any deader. Really, I can't get my license suspended over this shit. (laughs) I actually, there's been a few times where 
I, I well, one of the times that I got arrested, there was a guy that was in the jail with me, and the reason he was in jail was because of a DUI, and it's because he was following his buddy who was drunk, and then his buddy got pulled over, so he stopped. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and then so they were like, oh, you're drunk too. Okay, you're both going to jail. <laughs> he fucking volunteered for a DUI. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And that, that sort of, that situation had happened to me uh, coincidentally, just like a few weeks later where I was going after a show, I was going to go to somebody's place that was at the show and I was following them and they got pulled over. And so I just kept going and I felt bad, but I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Like what, what good would it do for me? Just, all right, I'm going to get arrested too in solidarity with you. <laughs> but uh, what I was going to say, and like, I wouldn't bring this up because it's kind of brutal. Well, I mean, this whole fucking story is brutal, but I know Matt is not going to give a fuck. Matt actually, I don't know if you remember this, Matt, but Matt actually hit you me. You killed a guy, right? <laughs> yeah, Matt, Matt's killed several people, but we, we're not talking about that in particular. Yeah, you know, you have to add, that's a different waiver for me to sign. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A completely different fee. Completely different fee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to ruin his visas, whatever ones he still has. But Matt hit me up once about, hey, man, you think this is too much to promote one of the Sin shows? And it was the fucking Bud Dwyer video. You guys know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? So, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I think a guy getting decapitated is not going to fucking phase Matt when he's fucking trying to promote a comedy show with the Bud Dwyer video. <laughs> yeah. It turns out, by the way, that that was a misguided idea on my part. Um, you think no, so, Matt? Yeah. Nobody... <laughs> <laughs> pretty much everyone was like this is not the right way to go and i was like eh, all right. as they say back to the old drawing board <laughs> bud dwyer references always make me laugh god damn it dude i don't i don't know what you guys are talking about. oh well then look it up if you want a good yeah. laugh <laughs> But this does take it to the extra level where the guy just like, yeah, well, you know what, fucking, I'm just driving home. And then and then he gets there and I'm like, well, you know, at this point I'm sleepy. So the stain's probably already set. I'll get some goo gone in the morning. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to do now? I mean, you know. I, I would even better, I would like to think he just didn't notice. He's like, Francis? Francis? All right, dude, I'm going inside, man. I guess you can sleep, in the, sleep it off in the truck, dude. Dude, I... Actually, I think we have maybe talked about it before. I know it's been talked about, but that fucking guy that jumped over some roller coaster warning signs trying to get like his hat that he lost on the ride and that person's leg exploded while decapitated. Yeah. Have you heard this story, Matt? That sounds familiar. Some guy rode the roller coaster, lost his cap, and then went to get it and then somebody hit him in the head with his leg that was riding the thing and then it smashed their leg or some shit. Yeah, but he had to climb over all of the skull and crossbones sides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And somebody kicked his head off. Yeah. And then (laughs) and then that head landed in the middle of a kid's birthday cake with the hat on. (laughs) Yeah. It's It's a whole story. Did the person who kicked him, did that person die too or... No, sorry. Their leg just fucking exploded, though, and they're not going to walk right Ugh. for the rest of their life. Well, the crazy part about that story that always gets left off is the vicious cycle, right? That guy lost his hat. He goes down there. He gets hit in the head. That person, <laughs> their leg exploded. They get off the ride. And then they go find their shoe. So then, like, they get, you know what I mean? It's just forever. There, there's still that's right. There's still people to this day, every day. You know? Yeah, that sounds like an old urban legend where, like, to this day, whoever it is is still trying to pick yeah, up. Yeah, whoever their- it is, you can still see the flicker of the candle lights at Nice. <laughs> <laughs> all right john you can tell us this next story uh 
this I love how succinct this one is. <laughs> Kenneth Pinion died from his injuries caused by anal sex with a stallion. I assume he was the bottom in that scenario. You know, I was, I'm assuming that too, but it would be even more hilarious if he was the top. Yeah. That's the Enumclaw Washington one, right? Oh, is yeah. that the one? Yeah. He was a Boeing engineer, I think. Mr. Hands. I just know him by Mr. Hands. I didn't know he was... This is the first time I guess learned his actual name. What is Mr. Hands? Yeah, I don't know. That, that was like his handle on, uh, I don't know, horsefucking.com or we something. We go to different websites, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it depends on whether you saw the movie or read the book. It's got different names. <laughs> Did you see that movie, John? You never... They made a movie about this? Yeah, an Enum Club, that thing. Matt, how do you know about it? I mean, other than you being an aficionado of people fucking stallions. I think originally, that would have been... That was like making the rounds of the internet in like 04, 05, maybe? Yeah, yeah. So around there. Yeah, and then eventually they made a movie of it. I forget what it's called, but yeah, this guy just... (laughs) He got fucked in the ass by a stallion and uh, somehow it went wrong. <laughs> so some of the details there are one not his horse um <laughs> he was renting the horse uh, <laughs> the people who own that farm since had to put a clause in rental contracts <laughs> expressly forbidding bestiality um, they will not return the deposit if the horse fucks you. <laughs> yeah, there was like a dude, there was a court case, all kinds of shit, and like Washington State, like bestiality laws. Like I don't think that he was able to be convicted of anything. No, because I think they didn't have it on the books. Like it wasn't yeah. ex- explicitly against the law to do that. Well, but also he was dead, right? <laughs> that is, that, that is the other. There's part no of excuse. It. That's no. Excuse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Matt, here you go. You can do that top one there. A 55-year-old man in Croatia, known as Marco. See, now we're getting honest. Known as Marco. <laughs> like, not trying to claim that's his name. Yeah, a 55-year-old man in Croatia, known as Marco, attempted to clean the chimney in his workshop when he decided to weld a grenade to his broom via a chain. He died when the grenade detonated as he welded it to the chain. I, man, I got 11 questions. Yeah, dude. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Go on, because so do I. What so the fuck? What? I, I I don't understand what the purpose of the grenade is here. I mean, Me either. is that what's going to clean the chimney? He has a broom. Yeah. So the only thing I could think of is that he was using it to, like, weigh down the broom. You know what I mean? Maybe it wouldn't, like, he couldn't get it to go down any further because of the just natural resistance but he should have used any other weight <laughs> literally any other object yeah all right so this is just as well it could have been like marco needed a paperweight and all he had was a grenade yeah that is actually in certain rural parts of the balkan region i mean that's a pretty common problem to have <laughs> yeah. just use grenade there's so many yeah, grenades i mean we, we don't really have any bricks we got a lot of grenades can we stack these up yes yeah, right. it's actually kind of funny though is i'm pretty sure there's some like old retired military guys that use old deactivated grenades as paperweights oh i'm sure they do yeah or just to hit their wives with i was thinking that it was maybe like a, a novelty grenade from spencer's but it just happened <laughs> they use a live grenade like the one where it's like if you want to file a complaint to 
take a number and there's a number hanging from the grenade pin. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. Th- there are parts of Croatia where they do that with a live grenade because it's like <laughs> if you have a complaint, yeah. then get fucked. <laughs> yeah, I, really I get a little touchy. I get a little touchy about Croatia. That's one of the border crossings I did where they just dumped everything out. Oh, really? They went through uh, all my shit, man. Uh, really? Yeah, they were really into my Pakistani visa. Oh. And I don't think it helped that I was basically off the radar for like the five days previously. And one of those days, I had a weird travel thing getting to Croatia that time. And I obviously was coming from Bosnia. And in Sarajevo, I was in the same hotel with one of the CIA directors. Oh, And wow. I last minute got that room. So it looked kind of shitty. And then mm. um, I went off the grid for like three days. Like I wasn't in a hotel. I wasn't like <laughs> using credit cards, you know, and I just pop up on the border at Croatia and they were like yeah. very interested. Yeah. And it just happened that the booker's name was Milosevic and yeah, it, well, they just I took mean, it the wrong way. Listen, you know, I mean, you go where they pay you, right? Yes. Yeah, Croatian coast is gorgeous, man. That's what I've heard about it. Nice. That's the only thing I know about Croatia. What's even prettier though is if you go a little south and you go to like Montenegro and you go to like that coastline, it's less touristy and yacht filled. I dig it. Nice. Yeah. It's like uh, Myrtle Beach. It's. <laughs> <laughs> and all it costs is like a guy with an automatic weapon rooting through your belongings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, that. What are you going to do? Yeah. You just bribe him with a grenade and you're good, dude. <laughs> No, you you try to bribe a guy there with a grenade. It's like trying to give somebody free avocados in California. <laughs> he yeah, just throws true. it onto a huge stack of other grenades. <laughs> yeah, and like give me a fucking break, man. Been sweeping these off my balcony for three days. You're gonna charge me a dollar extra at Chipotle? Go fuck yourself. But how great it would be though if that stack of grenades had a sign that said "Broom Weights." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right, this next one, Steve Irwin, an Australian wildlife expert and TV personality. Oh, man, has it been that long that we actually have to explain who Steve Irwin was? Matt's whole set was around Steve Irwin. (laughs) Remember that, Matt? (laughs) Was pierced in the heart by a short-tailed stingray barb while filming in shallow water in the Great Barrier Reef. Thing is, I heard somebody said that the reason that he died was because he pulled the thing out. Do you guys heard this? No. I mean, I, I think the root cause was probably the thing going in. <laughs> um, <think> that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like, I, you know, fucking scene qua non. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think it was it going in. Yeah, way to victim blame, Carlos. <laughs> Apparently we got a fucking doctor guest here. <laughs> uh, all right, John, you can do this next one. Bulgarian teacher Lydia Sekova and her husband were with a colleague when they began... <laughs> when they begin pouring chemical waste into a drain cover in Sofia. That's a common pastime in Bulgaria, yeah, isn't it? Just, just a night on the town. <laughs> pouring <you know? laughs> chemical waste in the drain. <laughs> so many questions. Have you done Bulgaria, Matt? Is that the hack joke in Bulgaria? Is Yeah, you ever out pouring chemical waste into the drain? <laughs> Who's pouring out some chemical waste tonight? I've done Bulgaria. I've done Sofia, Bulgaria. Bulgaria is fascinating, man. The joke I said on stage there was like, man, when communism leaves a place, it fucking leaves, doesn't it? Like, it takes shit. <laughs> yeah. It takes everything. Because there are just it. entire buildings with like the center of them is gone and there's like trees <laughs> growing inside. And you're like, I don't know what <laughs> causes that, but damn. Well, you can see that in Miami right now. <laughs> oh, geez. oh, there's no trees growing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> bonsai trees. All right, we'll let you finish that one, John. 
the chemicals reacted with sewer gases and caused an explosion with the drain cover decapitating Sokova and injuring two others. That's exactly the same thing as the ending of National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> is that right? It's been a long time since I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly what happens. Cousin Eddie empties his RV toilet into the sewer, and then Uncle Lewis throws down a match after lighting a cigar, and the whole thing explodes. Well, <laughs> see, now I need to look up the dates, because who stole it from who? You know what I mean? <laughs> it's some fucking intellectual property that's being plagiarized here. I do like what you were talking about, Matt, where it's just like basically, well, this used to be apartment, but now it's just a park because we're not fucking rebuilding this yeah, shit. Yeah, it's, it's a park with a brick wall yeah, around exactly. it. And a door. And a fucking door for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> uh, Matt, you can do this, uh, the one on the top there. Adelir Antonio de Carli, a Brazilian Catholic priest and skydiver. <laughs> As they are. All right. Undertook a cluster <laughs> balloon flight on 42008 the intention was to break endurance records and raise funds for charity contact was lost partway through and the lower part of his body was found floating in the sea 11 weeks later what the what fuck? is a cluster balloon flight i don't know what that is uh shitload of balloons tied together like to a chair or something oh probably. okay so yeah like the beginning of the movie up where yeah <laughs> okay yeah once you put it in pixar terms that's when i understand <laughs> Like after your wife dies and you want to uproot your house. And... <laughs> <laughs> so this dude was like, okay. But I mean, the thing that if he's a skydiver, he shouldn't have. I mean, even if anything happens, he should have survived it. Apparently he wasn't a very good skydiver. I mean, he should have seen the ocean coming. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah, I would think, right? <laughs> and bailed out of that yeah. production. Yeah, you should have seen the largest thing on earth coming before you did this shit. I was just wondering what happened to the top half of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a great question. I'm assuming sharks or something. I don't know what the fucking... What's... <laughs> like he was hovering too low over the ocean and one jumped out. <laughs> and they bit half his... Yeah. Then the question is, what kind of casket should he get? You know what I'm saying? See, yeah. there it all fucking wraps yeah. around. Does he get a deal? More <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I feel like this entire segment is the longest walked into a bar joke ever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's basically what we like do. We're, yeah. just, we're just setting up all these people at the gates. It's like a big St. Peter's joke, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, all right, this one. David. Way to give away the punch. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. John, you can do this next one. A 43-year-old Irish mother of four died of an allergic reaction after having sex with a German... I, I get all the bestiality. Yeah, anyway, yeah. After having sex with a German shepherd, the dog's owner, Sean McDonald, extremely Irish name, and the woman met in a bestiality chat room. As you do. McDonald was prosecuted and added to a sex offender list. What happened to the dog? Yeah, <laughs> Well, hang on. McDonald is also the dog's last name, technically. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we don't know which one it was. It could be referring to the dog. True, yeah. <laughs> this fucking dog's got to go to all his neighbors and introduce himself now. <laughs> all right. Oh, here we go. Matt, you can do one from uh, China. All right. A uh, 14-year-old boy from Zhaozhou. Mm -hmm. Zhaozhou, Shandong, China was killed when the pneumatic cylinder in his office chair exploded. Wait, what? Fuck. Oh. So the little cylinder and like a office chair exploded, which first off, good on this 14-year-old kid in China 
clearly making it to middle management. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, that's fucking pretty strong. Yeah, no shit, man. Don't they have to like work in the fucking factory for 30 years and shit before they can get anywhere near a fucking... Only if you're Muslim. Um... <laughs> Bobby. Taylor Mitchell, a 19-year-old Canadian folk singer, was killed by a pair of coyotes while hiking in Cape Breton Highlands National Park in the only known fatal coyote attack on an adult. Really? Uh, so coyotes are not that dangerous? Nah, coyotes are bitches, man. Is that right? They'll run away, usually. Yeah, you can step up to and walk down like a coyote. Like, you can make it back off. No shit. How many coyotes do you think it would take to kill you? Let's go around. <laughs> <laughs> Little bitches. I mean, I, I feel like one determined one could do it, but they, <laughs> they mostly puss out. Yeah, Yeah, because they're like, what, 40-ish pounds or something, right? I don't. Yeah, like a medium-sized dog. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if it's like a pack of them, yeah, good luck. But they only get into fights they know they're going to win kind of oh, situation, wow. right? So here's a crazy thing that coyotes were doing a couple years ago in Los Angeles. They're having a problem with where, you know, they go out through a neighborhood, pack eight, nine of them, and they would send a female that was in heat and use that to lure dogs out. Oh, yeah. Holy fuck, dude. They're like the velociraptors from Jurassic Park. And then they would jump the dogs. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? This is what the coyotes were doing? Yeah. Holy shit. Dude, I heard, I heard, I think Rogan talking about it on a podcast, I guess, like they would do shit like that. You know, they would try and like lure other dogs out. This is the first time I've hearing, I've heard of them using a female in heat, but like one was like, I guess, trying to act all playful, trying to get this dog to like play with it. Let's see, we wear lipstick and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I'm just picturing Looney Tunes right now where it's like. <laughs> it really does sound like that. <laughs> wear a skirt. I think the lesson is that there's just something innately predatory about Los Angeles. You had to remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it affects everything. Yeah, that's not coyotes anywhere else. That's just LA. It's just Los Angeles. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what is the gang affiliation of these coyotes? Was it were they going after the Bloods or the Crips? Oh, no, they're way past that. They're way past. They're all they're all in their fifties, acting like they're twenty five. It's real sad. When I was living in Pasadena just a few weeks ago, I would sometimes when I walk my dogs at night, there'd be a bunch of them in the park across the street from us. Oh shit! Really? I, like staring at yeah, you? Yeah. So I would come face to face with these fuckers. All when they see you coming, they just try to get you to buy their mixtape, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then they bail. It, it is kind of funny though, because I mean, a lot of people it seems like that move to LA are really into nature, and that nature is just constantly trying to kill them. <laughs> yeah. But that's nature, right? Yeah, that is true. That is nature, nature doesn't want us, man. <laughs> that's true. That's why we had to, like, lock down with agriculture and start building cities. Like, nature's against us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, cities are just our defense against nature. Yeah. It's just we fighting back. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, you can do this last one for us. All right. Uh, I hope I get the bestiality hat trick here. Oh, yeah. That's probably bestiality. <laughs> it's got to be like bestiality incest. It's going to have it all. Though. Hey, man. You rolled the dice. All right. I got the drunk driving one. You get the two bestialities. <laughs> Larry Eli Mario Moncada, a 25-year-old supermarket employee from Council Bluffs, Iowa, is believed to have fallen into an 18-inch gap between a cooler and a wall and became trapped. His body was discovered 10 years later when the cooler was moved. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about, like, 
Sorry, I'm stuck on that. <laughs> Dude, that's how little that's how little you're missed if you work at a supermarket. Yeah, that's <laughs> brutal. They just don't even look for you or anything, man. Well, I guess you didn't want to come back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all know this job sucks. Also, like, how <laughs> fucked is that supermarket where you don't notice that smell? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's because the cooler, like, preserved him. <laughs> no, he was between the cooler, man. He wasn't in it. Yeah, that's true. It's probably even warmer back there because the cooler has to yeah. get the, the heat out of it. Oh, uh, it was probably soupy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. You know what it is. Dude. You know what it is. If wherever that cooler is, if it's near the bakery, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's just that. Then like the sweet smell of decaying flesh mixes with cinnamon, and you really don't know what you're smelling. Yeah. <laughs> I bet it would. I bet you could. Baby, you could totally mask it. So they started selling a lot of cheese Danish after that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I probably. I mean, this was in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Who God knows where that is. But if it was like in some kind of hipster neighborhood, they would be like, you know, I really like the bakery there, man. The scent. I can't put my finger on it, but it's just unique. It's very unique. <laughs> How big is Council Bluffs, Iowa? How big is that? I've heard of it. So I mean, I don't think it's like tiny, tiny, but. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's like Boise. Oh, yeah, it's not a metropolis. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking the same thing. It's not big time. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's not a, it's not a <laughs> mega city <laughs> like Boise. Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to move on to our last segment of the podcast. This is Indecorous Laws. Every week or whenever we feel like it, we highlight some of the oddest laws in different states of the United States. Most of these were real laws, at least at some point. Some of them have since been repealed, and others are sadly still on the books. Tonight, we will be doing Wyoming. Bobby, you can start us off with this first one. A person is guilty of a misdemeanor punishable by a fine of up to $750 if he opens and neglects to close a fence which crosses a private road. Yeah, this is kind of one of those, just don't be an asshole. Just fucking yeah. close the shit behind you sort of thing. Honestly, I wish we had more, as much as I'm, I guess I get pulled on both sides, because I mean, obviously I don't fucking, I'm not a, in favor of all government regulating everything, but sometimes I just feel like, hey, sometimes you got to fucking punish these assholes for just being assholes. Yeah. It's just, it's not, you're not asking much. It's kind of like the whole, have you guys seen those, uh, the videos of the guy that <laughs> he just fucking annoys people that don't return their shopping carts. <laughs> no, that's really funny though. <laughs> yeah, it's actually actually I think it's out in L.A. I think it's out in LA. this dude just goes around and if somebody doesn't return their shopping cart to like either the little corral or whatever, he'll be like, "Hey, why didn't you return your fucking thing?" And you know, obviously people get pretty pissed off at him. When he it's does. pretty crazy, man. I used to see that at Ralph's in Los Angeles. Like people would just like abandon their cart after they've emptied it. Yeah. And they just leave it's it. It's still there. like rolling through the just, parking lot. Man, don't give a fuck. I am guessing though that this guy only goes up to white people though, <laughs> to harass them about their shopping cart. Probably only white people doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. true. <laughs> and I saw somebody I mean, it's one of those like memes that you see like where somebody gets very philosophical about a very mundane thing, but they were basically saying that not returning the cart is one of the ultimate tests of how you are as a human being because it's like nobody's policing you nobody's looking at you you can probably get away with it but it says a lot about you if you actually do it because you know that that's just a decent thing to do 
Well, you know, everybody returns the carts at Aldi to get that quarterback. And <laughs> yeah, what do they do? What do they do? Kill a few jobs. That's what they do. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, all right, John, you can do this next law. It is illegal to ski while drunk or high. Yeah, I've never skied in my life, so I don't know anything. Well, it's way more fun if you're drunk or high. (laughs) (laughs) From my limited experience, this would be news to everyone who works in a ski patrol. (laughs) Like, those motherfuckers are selling more cocaine amongst each other than fucking any group of human beings I have ever seen. Uh, Matt, you can do this next law. It's illegal to cut, sever, detach, or mutilate more than one half of a sheep's ear or to own any sheep that have had more than one half of their ear chopped off. Sheep afflicted by big head are exempt from these provisions. I assume this has to do with like stealing sheep and people's tagging or marking. Oh, is that what I was... Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Okay, see, I was hoping one of you guys would be able to make sense to this so that's what it is it's because if it's cut off then they might have cut off the tag that was on their ear i'm assuming that that's what that is targeting but that makes sense that's better than any explanation i could have come up with that's either that or a fetish we don't want to know about (laughs) yeah that's right this is the other enum claw i just picture some like guy sweating while a warden is like holding up a ruler to his sheep's ear (laughs) yeah Oh, you know, here's the hard part. Here's the hard part, right? If only presented with a partial ear, how do you know if that's more or less than one half of that ear? Oh. That's a great that's a great Ooh. fucking point, man. Yeah. We're really kind of assuming some symmetry here. Right? Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's like, well, you'd have to compare it to the other ear, but not everybody's got same sized ears. So what they've done is they've created an incentive to unnecessarily chop off the other ear. That's right. Yeah. Or or inject <laughs> growth hormone into the other ear or, or actually, no, it'd be shrinking hormone or something like make the other ear so little that when you chop the other half, it doesn't look like it's 50 percent. I like how you invented shrinking hormone. I like how you invented that. You invented yeah. that and ran with it like it was plausible. Right? Yeah. Or, you know, use my magic potion. And- <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, let's we're not doing plugs just yet, but we'll get to that. Does anybody know what big head is? That's the other part. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I don't know what. Sheep was a like, character on Silicon Valley. <laughs> it, I, I never saw that show. I don't know. It's, it's a great show. It is. I've heard. I don't. So, so yes, we do not know what big head sheep is, but um, you know, if you have a big head sheep, I got shrinking hormone that might help with that shit. <laughs> uh, use a promo code uh, Indecorous when you buy your. <laughs> Matt, thanks so much for doing the podcast, man. I really thanks, appreciate guys. it, dude. Absolutely. Dude, thank you, Matt. Is there anything you want to plug or anything that uh, before we let you go? Yeah, I'd like to. I think that uh, I like to plug the Indecorous podcast. You guys oh, have heard of it or not? <laughs> you guys should check that out. I've never heard that word before, but it sounds interesting. It's it's actually you know the Spanish is pretty common. A lot of people. Don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> wow, you sound like one of those people that is good with words. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm kind of a wordist. <laughs> All right, man. I'll uh, talk to you soon, Matt. Thanks again for doing the podcast, Bye, buddy. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. Right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, later, man. John, do you have any last words? Uh, I, I would say that uh, the, maybe the, the most interesting thing I learned today was that if you tell somebody that you belong to the Church of Satan, they have a follow-up question, and that is, yeah, but what denomination? <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. right. I like that, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that until today.
It's not specific enough. Are you with the good Satanists or the bad Satanists? Are you like Southern Baptist <laughs> Satanists or Missionary <laughs> Baptist right. Satanists? Or Methodist Satanists. <laughs> yeah, and that's what we're trying to elucidate in this podcast. We're trying to bring this all to the fore. Every aspect of Satanism is going to be on display <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to support us, this is what you can do. You can tell your friends that you like the podcast and ask them to listen to it, too. This uh, doesn't cost you anything. But if you want to take it to the extra step, extra level, you can hit us up on Patreon at themshits.com or in Decorous Comedy at Patreon. Decorous Comedy slash Patreon. <laughs> dot com slash comcast earthlink dot net flicks dot com org hey, wait, how much wine was it tonight yeah then? it's been i mean i had to dig into the next black box so it's it's been a bit <laughs> anyway hit us up on patreon them shits.com we couldn't possibly make it any easier it could just be shits.com well, can you get shits? If you can get shits.com, no, that would be fucking. Be, that's got to be like $5 million. It's like some German conglomerate. Yeah, that that's a right. long time ago. Yeah, I think the German government owns shits.com. <laughs> I was going to say it's the same company that owns Mentos or whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. It would be cool if we can get shits.gov. Yeah, or shits.edu. Let's see if we can do that one. Fuck your cat. Fuck your cat. Who's pouring out some chemical waste tonight?